0: Hello, everyone. We're so grateful that you've tuned in today. Thank you for watching our broadcast. And for all of those of you that have written and shared your testimonies with us, thank you so very much. We appreciate it. It's always a joy to hear what God is doing in your life, and it's always a joy to know that we had a part in it, that the teaching that you've received from this ministry has helped you grow in your faith and become the winner that God's called you to be. Also, for our partners, thank you so very much for believing in our vision, believing in its outreaches, and for helping us spread the good news all over the world. Partners, you hold a very special place in our heart, and we're very grateful for you. Those of you that have been watching for the last couple of weeks, you know we've been talking about the force of joy. If this is your first time to join us, well, obviously I don't have time to go back over all that material, but I believe you'll get enough today that will stir you up cause you to want to develop your joy and learn how to walk in it for the rest of your life. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. This is the reason I call joy a spiritual force because it actually produces strength according to Nehemiah 8.10. You know, most Christians have no idea how powerful joy really is. I know I didn't until God began to teach me about this way back in 1969. And you know, I can remember the day that it happened. Uh, I was invited to come to Muskogee, Oklahoma, to preach in a full gospel businessmen's conference, a regional convention. And uh, myself and Charles Caps and a lady by the name of Vicki Jameson that a lot of you will remember, And then Bill Bozanski. Bill Bozanski, I had never met before. I'd heard about him. He was an instructor, a professor of Russian at Oral Roberts University. I'd heard his name. He was uh, someone that that often spoke at the Full Gospel Businessmen meetings, but I'd never met him. And so uh, Charles and I, we had preached together for quite some time, and we were very close friends. So we got to Muskogee, Oklahoma, and uh, the way they had the auditorium set up was uh, of course, the, the audience, and then they had uh, tables on on the platform uh, where the uh, president, uh, Dima Shikarian would sit, and then all the speakers and some of the presidents of the chapters and so forth. And so um, uh, we had, Charles and I had been teaching and preaching and along with Vicky. and and so the last night was the banquet, and the guest speaker was Bill Bozanski. So I was looking forward to hearing Bill, because I'd heard a lot about him, but I didn't know uh, I'd never met him before. And so they started with the praise and the worship. People are clapping, you know, and some are swaying and so forth. Well, there was one empty chair and it was on the other side of Demas Shikarian. Demas Shikarian was standing here. I'm here. No, uh, Charles Cap's here and I'm here and Vicky over here. So how do you remember all that? I remember everything. And uh, anyway, uh, they started singing and praising and so forth. And the empty chair was for Bill Bozanski. He was not there yet. And so they were singing and praising and this went on for quite some time. And all of a sudden there's a guy who comes in the back and he grabs a person and starts dancing in the aisle with them. And then he let go of them and he got another person and they danced in the aisle. And I'm, I'm thinking, who is this guy? And why are they letting him do this? You know, And he just grabbed people out of the audience and he just danced with them and twirled them around and and everything. And I'm thinking, they're not going to let him. He kept coming closer to the front. I They're not going to let him come to the front. The ushers will stop him. I don't know who this guy is, but we don't need this. Let's get on with this and get in the word, you know. Well, in a little while, this guy makes his way up to the platform and he grabs the person on the end, starts dancing with them. And he works his way down and dances with the next person. And I'm standing here kind of looking, you know, because I've never danced in church and I don't act like this, you know. And Charles Capps certainly doesn't. Charles is the most conservative man you ever met in your life. And he's standing there like he was at attention. And I'm standing there next to him. And, and I'm, I'm kind of looking back over here because this guy, and I don't know who he is, is getting closer to me. And all of a sudden, my arm goes out like this. He grabs my arm. And, he, and I'm not dancing, but my arm's doing this. And finally, he insists I start dancing with him. So I danced a little bit. And the more I danced, the happier I got. And he's laughing. and, and you know, And I still don't know who he is, but I'm dancing with him. Well, then he grabbed Charles. And when he grabbed Charles, that arm went out like mine did. And Charles's arm did this. The rest of the praise service and he never moved. He never looked at the guy and the guy finally gave up and Charles went back like this, you know, and then he danced with Demas and then he took his place and I realized, that's Bill Bazanski, And then I remembered the nickname they'd given him, Wild Bill Bazanski. And he preached that night about joy. And changed my life. Yeah. Bill Bazanski taught me how to have joy. And I started doing a study on it. Oh, on. And I realized how powerful it was. Yes. And then I came across this statement in Philippians mm. the joy letter, yes. where Paul makes this statement in Philippians chapter 1. He says, I'm betwixt two. I don't know whether to leave or depart and be with Jesus or stay here with you. He said, I'm having trouble deciding what I want to do. He said, to be with Jesus, to die and to be with Jesus would be gain. Mm -hmm. In fact, what he's saying is, it would enable me to fulfill my ultimate goal, be with Jesus. He said, but to stay here with you. And then the next verse says, I've decided to stay, and I'm paraphrasing. I've decided to stay so I can teach you the joy of believing. I'd never seen that phrase before. So I can teach you the joy of believing. In Paul's eyes, it was a joy to face impossible situations. It was a joy to be challenged because he had learned the joy of believing and trusting God. And I thought, you know, that is totally opposite of the way most people are when they say they're trusting God. Most people, it comes across like this. You ask them, how you do it? We're just trusting God. (laughs) Pray we'll hold out to the end. There's no joy in that. There's no joy in that. And obviously there's really no faith in it either. You're just saying things kind of mechanically because you know you're supposed to talk positive, you know. But there's no joy in it. When there's no joy in it, then, then your faith is going to be weak. It's not going to produce like it should. So, Bill Bozanski taught me how to have the joy of the Lord. And I began a study on that, and I'm telling you, it totally changed my life. And the next thing you know, I write this book on If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, Can't Keep Your Goods, and it goes around the world. Right, yeah. In fact, every nation I have ever preached in, that message got there way ahead of me. In fact, one time, I was asked to come to Singapore for the first time. And Carolyn and I flew to Singapore. We arrived there in the airport in the wee hours of the morning. Don't know anybody there. And uh, these two young men come walking toward us. And they were smiling when they saw us. And I told Carolyn, I said, I I think that might be the guys that are picking us up to take us to the hotel. And when they walked up to us, now Carolyn's in the audience today, and she can can tell you this is so. When they walked up to us, the first thing they said was, "Oh, Satan can't steal your joy; he can't keep your goods." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, the book's got here." Hallelujah, <laughs> amen. The book had already arrived there before I ever got there, and I get more testimonies from people about how that book changed their life. Joy is a powerful spiritual force; amen. it produces strength. Now, why is strength so important in our walk with God? Well. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And let me say this while you're turning there. Strength is important because if you aren't strong in adversity, then Satan will defeat you. He will conquer you. When he launches his attack against you, if you're not strong, then you won't be able to resist him. Now, Ephesians 6.10 says this, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord yes. and in the power of his might. Where does strength come from? Joy. Amen. Yes. Amen. Joy of the Lord is our strength. That's right. Then verse 11 tells us why we need to be strong in the Lord so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. Hmm. The message translation says, so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. So joy helps you to do this. In fact, joy helps you to remain strong and stable while you're going through that attack. Now, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 24 and verse 10 makes this powerful statement. I want you to open your Bible so you can see it. And you know, I'm not making this up to fit my sermon. Okay. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10, powerful, powerful verse. It says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If you faint in the day of adversity, it's because your strength was small. Now we know that strength comes from what? Joy. So you could say that like this. If you fainted in adversity, it was because your joy was small. Small can be defined as inferior, limited, below what is needed or what is necessary. So in other words, if you faint in the midst of adversity, it's because you didn't develop your joy. Yes. Come on. What's the first thing Satan tries to do when he launches an attack? The first thing that attack is designed to do is discourage you. Yes. Amen. Discouragement, when you are discouraged, it is a sign or a indicator that you're losing your joy, yes. that your joy It's trying to diminish. You know, it's almost like air out of a tire. You know, it's like joy is leaving you. And when joy is leaving you, uh, say goodbye to victory as well. Amen. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you have no strength, you can't resist. If you can't resist, you will not win. Why? Because the devil won't flee. He only flees when you have strength to resist him. And that's why joy is so important. You might be thinking, but how can I have joy when everything around me seems to be falling apart? Well, you remember what I said on one of the previous broadcasts, Paul's joy was not based on his circumstances. It was based on his relationship with Christ. Your joy shouldn't be based on your circumstances. Why? Because your circumstances change from one moment to the next. Amen. 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 And God never intended for joy to fluctuate like that. I got joy one minute, I don't have joy the next. I got joy today, I lost it, I don't have it tomorrow. No, joy is to be a constant in your life, no matter what's going on. Now, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, while Paul is in prison and facing death, he makes this command to the people that he's writing to, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now notice he did not say rejoice in the Lord when everything is going well. Rejoice in the Lord when you have plenty of money in the bank. Rejoice in the Lord when your body's well. Rejoice in the Lord when your marriage is strong. Rejoice in the Lord when all your kids are serving God. Look, anybody can do that. It doesn't take faith to rejoice in those kind of circumstances. But he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. That Amen. means no matter what's going on. Come on. Now, that takes faith. Yeah, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, you can see how important faith and joy are. I mean, if you can remain joyful when you've just had a financial attack, on, you can remain joyful when there's been an attack on your physical body or your marriage or your family, and yet you do not allow it to rob your joy. That is a sign of spiritual maturity. Yes. Amen. And then you say, well, how can you rejoice in the Lord always? Well, he answers that question in verse eight. Here's how you get to that place. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Here's how you can rejoice always. Think on the right things. Amen. Think on the right things. Be selective about what you think on. The message translation says we are to think on the best and not the worst. You see, if you constantly think on the problem, the circumstances, then you're going to become discouraged. And when you become discouraged, uh, that can lead to depression. Depression. And when you become depressed, it weakens your faith and it diminishes your joy. And obviously, you're not going to have the strength to resist the adversary. And if he's not resisted, then he will not leave. And if he does not leave, then it's not likely you're going to win. Right. And you say amen? So you see how powerful joy is and how necessary joy is in your walk with God, your faith walk. So Paul demanded out of himself that he would only think on good things and not focus on the bad. Yes. Amen. Yes, sir. You say, well, I just don't know how to do that. Well, you have to train yourself yes. Amen. because, you know, in the world, in the natural, we're, we're, we're taught from children to think on the worst, yes. you know, to focus on the bad. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the way I grew up. Most of you did. I didn't know any better. If something bad happened, then I worried about it all day long, thought about it all day long. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know these things. That didn't happen until I surrendered my life to the Lord, got into the Word of God, had men like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Oral Roberts teaching me these basic faith, faith principles. And then, praise God, as I began to operate in them, this became a lifestyle. I don't, I don't think on the negative anymore. That's not even a part of my life. Amen. Now, it took me a while to get there. How many of you can testify to that? You know what I'm talking about. It takes you a while to get there. It's not an overnight mm-hmm. process. This renewing of the mind thing is a lifelong experience. Amen. Amen. But you got to start one night. So Paul says the way that he learned how to rejoice in the Lord always is first of all, by thinking on things that are of a good report. Good. Amen. Good. Amen. Good. Here's what you can do. When when adversity comes, And it's Satan's way of trying to steal your joy. Instead of thinking on the adversity. Now, I'm not saying pretend it's not there. Faith never pretends. Amen. 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 We're not pretending it's not there. We're just not giving our focus to it. We're just not majoring on it. We're not letting it be final authority. Now, what Paul learned to do, and this is the way David operated as well. You can check this out in the Old Testament. What they learned to do was when they faced adversity, they recalled and remembered previous challenges and what God did for them to deliver them there. And they reminded themselves of that. They thought on things that were good report. When David faced Goliath, what's the first thing he thought of? Wait a minute. When the bear and the lion came against me, God delivered them into my hands. This giant will be no different. See, the devil doesn't want you remembering all the good things God's done. He wants you to focus on the moment, that's the right. bad thing that's happening. That's amen. Right. But you can, you can outlast him right. by thinking on the right things. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. And if you think on the right things, things that are of good report, it will enable you to rejoice no matter what's going on around you. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Paul thought about all the other impossible looking situations that he had faced and he remembered how God turned it around for him. And as he thought on those things, then it caused his joy to stay intact. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter one. Here's a great example of it. 2 Corinthians and chapter one in verse eight, for we would not brethren have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we were despaired even of life. Now, Paul is talking about a situation here, a challenge in his life, where he said we even despaired of our lives. This was a life and death situation. In the natural, we didn't know if we was going to come out of this thing alive, Paul is saying. But verse 9 says, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. What happened right in the middle of this situation when it looks like we're not going to come out of this alive. What did he choose to do rather than give up come on. rather than give in right. rather than focus on the fact that this thing could kill us. He chose to trust in God yeah. who yeah. delivers people yeah. from yeah. death. Yeah. Amen. 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 He said, rather than than give in and, and lose my joy over this. I've decided I'm just going to trust God regardless. Right. Look at your neighbor and say, Trust God anyway. Trust God anyway. Amen. He decided I'm going to trust God. And if I die, well, the God I trust raises the dead. Hallelujah. Right. And then verse 10 says, Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So what's Paul saying? over there in Philippians, when he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And here's how you can do that by thinking on things that are of good report. What's he doing? He's remembering when he was facing death in another situation and he chose to trust God and God delivered him. And he said, not only that, I believe God will continue to deliver me. Amen. Amen. How many of you have ever had challenges before? How many of you have ever had challenges that looked impossible? By the show of hands, how many of you, God has delivered you at least once out of an impossible situation? All right, then that's what you need to think on. That's right. Amen. 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 That's what you need to think on. Instead of thinking on how bad the situation is, on, you know, amen. how worse it could get and all the other things that Satan will plant in your mind while you're going through this, choose to think on things that are of good report. And when you do, see, you can't, you can't rehearse in your mind all the other times that God's delivered you and stay sad. That's right. It'll cause joy to rise up. On, Next thing right. you know, you'll be shouting, praise that's God. Right. And the devil's saying, what are you shouting at? I'm shouting over my God and his faithfulness. Not only that, I'm shouting because I'm about to have another victory over you. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. amen. On, amen. What kind of defense does Satan have against that? He has none. He doesn't know how to deal with that. You drive him up the wall. (laughs) Thinks he's got you set up for the kill and you come out rejoicing. Amen. He has no defense for that. So you see what's going on on the inside of your head, you have to take authority over. I wrote a book a long time ago about the battle between your ears. This is where your biggest battles are, between your ears, in your mind. And Paul is telling us that if you can control that, then Satan will not be able to get your joy. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What is Paul saying? Be selective about what you allow in your mind, Amen. in your thoughts. You know, Brother Hagin used to say, I can't stop the birds from flying over my head, but I can stop them from roosting in my hair. Amen. I can't stop negative thoughts from coming, but I can stop them from residing in my head. Amen. Like the lady said to Brother Hagin one time, would you pray I'll never have another negative thought? He said, lady, if I could do that for you, I'd do it for myself. You know, so negative thoughts come even to the most spiritual, but the most spiritual cast them down. Yes. All right. Amen. So you have to learn to be selective. Now, James even tells us in James chapter one in verse two, how important joy is. We won't be able to get into this in depth, but let me just introduce it. James one, two, my brethren counted all joy. When? When you fall into diverse temptations. Another uh, definition for temptation is testings or trials. Yes. And what's James saying? If there's any one thing you need when you're going through a test or a trial, it's your joy. Amen. Amen. The new living translation says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Wow. Now that's a totally different perspective than most Christians have. What is James saying? When trouble and trials and adversity come your way, look at it as an opportunity to develop your joy. Most people don't look at it that way. Amen. I'm telling you, joy is a powerful force and you need it every day in your life. Amen. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil steal your joy. I'm telling you, if you'll hang on to your joy, no matter what's going on around you, Satan will not be able to defeat you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Watch this. I'll be back in just a few moments.
1: For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is a powerful force that resides in your spirit once you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. In Jerry Savelle's book, The Force of Joy, you'll learn how to tap into the joy inside you. The choice is yours. You can will to be happy or unhappy. Choosing to walk in joy is choosing to experience the strength of the Lord. In this 3 CD set, If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. You will learn how God's Word produces joy how and why Satan steals your joy, how to get back joy that was stolen, how to laugh more and cry less, and more. Be of good cheer, for the joy of the Lord resides inside you. Don't wait. Request this joyous combo today, the force of joy, and if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Call or visit jerrysavelle.org and choose today to tap into the force of joy and experience renewed strength.
0: Do you feel like you're on the verge of giving up? Do you think, I can't stand anymore? Well, cast that thought down right now because you can take anything the devil can dish out. If you can't or if you couldn't, then you know what that tells me? Jesus failed in his mission at Calvary, but we know he didn't fail. We know he was successful and he's on the inside of you. Not only is he on the inside of you, but he has put in you spiritual forces to help you overcome every adversity that Satan throws your way. And one of those forces, once again, is the force of joy. When you learn how to develop it and cultivate it and protect it, I'm telling you, it's going to bring victories in your life like you've never known before. Once again, our resources this week, the little book, The Force of Joy, and three CDs entitled, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't Keep Your Goods. These are so powerful. I encourage you to order them right now and begin to listen to them. And you, like hundreds of thousands of other people who've listened to these messages, will say, it changed my life. I've got testimonies from all the way back to 1979, where I first began teaching on joy, where people said it was the missing ingredient in their faith walk, in their life of of faith with God. And if you listen to this, you probably will wind up saying the same thing. This has been the missing ingredient. Well, learn how to develop your joy. And I'm telling you, victories are coming your way like you've never experienced before. We've got some more testimonies today before we leave the air. Here's one from Toby. And he just simply says, Toby's health is better. And he got a job. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Here's one from um, uh, uh, Deanna. And it says in April... Uh, I saved $50 and that was a major miracle for me believing to get out of debt and that my debt would be paid in full. I owed $1,500 in June. I received unexpectedly $1,500 and I'm now out of debt. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That's great. Here's Marilyn from Missouri. I'm extremely happy to tell you that through your prayers for me, I received the $20,000 I was believing for. I ask you to believe with me to become debt-free now. I am completely debt-free in Jesus' name. That's my confession. Praise God. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. Well, I want your testimony to be the next one that I read on the broadcast. So send it to me and let us share it with other people so that it will inspire them as well to believe God and to not give up. Thank you for joining with me today. And remember, as we leave the air, your faith will overcome the world and the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. We'll see you again next week.